Welcome in listeners to another episode of the Busby Babe podcast. I'm your host, Colin Dams, joined uh, after an extended absence by mm-hmm. Matt. How's it going, man? Yeah, I'm back. I'm so glad to be back. It's going. Like, I was just telling you before this podcast, like, I, I've been going through, like, a lot lately, and it was, like, the first point in my life when, since I'd started paying attention to United, I didn't know we had a game on a certain day. Like, I... Like, I might not be able to watch the game, but I at least know, so I can, like, check the ticker if I don't have, like, access to watch it or just sneak to watch it. But, yeah, I, that's when I was, uh, that happened, and then, like, a couple days later, you texted me and was like, hey, you want to get back in on this? And I was just like, thank God, I needed this. <laughs> so it's really good to be back. It's really good to be back. Yeah, it's uh, great to have you back, uh, the oh. OG pairing of this Hopefully. podcast. Yeah, dude, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It, I thought about it the other day. We've been doing this for a long time, and it doesn't really feel like it, right? Yeah, we've like, gotten the amount worse of ever time since we started that doing, doing it, it too. Yeah, <laughs> not us, but you know, yeah. Manchester United. Yeah, we actually uh, like have things that you got to think, dude. Like, what? I'd say the majority of our show has been spent on like predicted lineups. <laughs> like, oh, like, yeah. like this, like I mean, it still is, but like we don't, we're not mad about players playing. I think these days as much because. Usually we had like usually well we have better it, players than we used to now. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, a thousand percent. And it's also yeah. like we have one or two players where it's like, well, they're playing, but we don't want them to play here, you know. And that's fine. I'll take that yeah. over like get Mar- 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 and Fellaini out of my club, but you know. But we're here now, dude. Feels yeah, good. I'm, Hopefully I mean, we can uh, do something. It's just it's so, still such a weird year, dude. Like I I don't know if it's just like like covid and everything being stunted that's affecting i mean and and this isn't just us but like everybody dude like if i'm being completely honest i didn't see liverpool losing a game this year like 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 i mean don't get me wrong i will take it but (laughs) i don't know it's just it's just kind of funky like i think chelsea should be way better than they're playing you know like tottenham came out of well i wouldn't say nowhere but i didn't think that Josie would have that much success and then you know like we can never tell with Arsenal you know but so that hasn't changed but uh I mean besides that it's just been a really funky year dude yeah really? um I don't know if this is just me there's but. a there's a thing in history called the cool zone where it seems like so many improbable things are happening that anything is possible that's what that's what it, Russia it's like calls, that's what Russia calls themselves whenever they people try to invade them throughout history <laughs> the cool zone <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it's not just, you know, everything in society that's been happening, but yeah, football as well. It's, there's so much weird stuff happening and like, there's so many inconsistent teams in the Premier League right now. The table does not look anything like what people thought it would. Yeah. You know, Everton came out firing and then they kind of cooled off. Aston Villa looked really good after almost getting relegated last year. Who, they would have been relegated if goal line technology was turned on for their Sheffield United game. Mm hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Tottenham and Liverpool look like, you know, favorites to challenge for the league title right now. Mm-hmm. And we are in 14th place. Yeah. And, oh, and I haven't gotten to talk about this, but how do we beat the shit out of Leipzig and we beat PSG and then we lose to Istanbul? I, I don't know if I talked to you about this, but I'm pretty sure I joked about this with you. I don't know if it was with you, but it was somebody I was talking about football with. And I was literally like, yeah, it's Manchester United, dude, so we'll probably beat PSG and Leipzig. And then I didn't think it would actually happen, though. Like, I didn't yeah, want that to actually happen. <laughs> and it, it it's so weird 
now, like normally it's pretty weird trying to transition between playing in Europe and then playing on the weekend against the Premier League side just because and that's a, I was going to say you know, that. You're, I'm going to give our guys a break because... that have, yeah, you're playing against teams also that have totally different tactics and play in a different oh, yeah. league with its own, you know, culture and style and all that. But it it's not just the Champions League for us because we'll go in against, you know, Arsenal and yeah. look like much the better team and still lose 1-0 because we can't yeah. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say this. Chance. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. I, and this is what I'm going to say about the scheduling thing, and I'm going to try not to talk about it again because it really frustrates me, and I don't want to get off on a rant my first day back. But I completely agree with Ole. Like, don't get me wrong. I do not like the clubs in the top six, but there's no way that the Arsenals, Chelsea's, Liverpool's, Man City's, United's, am I missing, Tottenham, these guys... I, it is ridiculous the amount of games that all these players are playing. And I'm sure I'm missing somebody. Who's in the Europa League? Arsenal and... Uh, Leicester is one of the teams. Oh, no, it's not. Yeah, Leicester. yeah. Yeah, you're right. And um, there's one more. Yeah. Uh, Tottenham. Oh, it is Tottenham. I wanted to say Wolves, but that was last year. Weird year. Anyways, but so... To further my point, all of these teams are like relatively contending for the title, you know, like, I mean, it wouldn't really put us in there, but everybody else, you know, and to play this amount of, this, this amount of games, I don't understand why in people's heads, like, you have to understand that football players are not robots. They are not robots, they are human beings, and they are going through a very difficult year. I just think it's very selfish of the Premier League and to, to not try and stick up for players or to help with scheduling conflicts. It's just kind of a joke. Like, if the Premier League is the greatest, like, okay, we, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I think the Premier League is the greatest in the world. It's arguably, you know, people can argue. It's not really an argument. Anyways, but Well, the key just, there, Matt, isn't, it's not just that, you know, whether it's the greatest in the world or not, it's the most watched in the world. Well, so okay, TV there you companies go. companies will dictate the schedule yeah, however exactly, they want. Exactly, exactly. And so you want the best quality product that you're putting out there right and if in the premier league's brain and i know they're not thinking this obviously but wouldn't it make sense to put the and also take this a grain of salt i'm not calling football players a product i'm calling the matches and what's on tv a product just to clarify this product is not going to be a premier product if everybody's tired and everybody's hurt like everybody's hurt there's so many teams that just have an insane amount of injuries, and it's just, it's absurd. And I could go all day, but I'm going to end it there. It's just, it's absolutely yeah. absurd. I completely agree with Ale. And dude, like, FA Cup, League Cup, all this stuff, like, it's all going to be involved. Like, it's just, it's ridiculous. And I'm sure there's other teams in La Liga and Serie A, and they might be dealing with some of the same thing, but it's, this is what I know, so I'm talking about this. It's just ridiculous, and I hate it. Yeah, and... I mean, Liverpool is obviously an extreme example of injuries and COVID so many, pil- yeah. piling up for them. I mean, they key losses. I think they're they're decimated at center back right now. Yeah. Um, in addition to losing, you know, arguably their best player in Virgil Van Dyke for the entire year. Um, but yeah, we're seeing an increase in muscle injuries. I didn't realize he was out for the whole year. Yeah, he tore his ACL. Oh. Oh, see, this is how out of out of tune I am, dude. This, this is just, I've just been crazy. Yeah. My brain's crazy right now. Yeah. Wow, but, I didn't know that. That's insane. Wow. Yeah, and okay. Fabinho's out. Uh, I knew Joel that. I knew out. That. Okay. I think I Jordan that. Henderson picked up an injury over England. 
uh, England's break. Yeah, Joe Gomez also had a serious, I think it was his MCL injury. So Liverpool's not in good shape. And uh, Mosala also just tested positive for COVID. So yeah, and and all like all respect to Mosala. Like I don't get me wrong, I hate Liverpool with a burning passion, but you just got to realize the things that are bigger than football. I hope he I hope he gets better. And yeah. I hope uh, his family's okay, and everybody, as far as COVID goes, is okay at Liverpool. Everything else, I don't really care. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just yeah. being honest. But, yeah. but uh, yeah. I think even Man United now, Luke Shaw picked up a muscle injury uh, in the Everton yeah. game. I think so. That's a position that uh, you know we'll need Alex Tellez to step in and finally. But get you know, it's great points. because now, because like, I love Brandon Williams, but in this spot, like. Tellez coming into the game is just is just better. Like it just is. Also, Brandon Williams isn't a righty, so that just that still really bothers me. But whatever. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Brandon Williams has also been playing with uh, the U23s, so yeah. I'm not even sure that he can join the first team squad because there are rules now about um, you know players training in different bubbles. Yeah. Which is so. which is a good thing. In I mean, the thing is, is that, like, extra precautions are always good. We just don't know what precautions are good since this is an unprecedented scenario, you know? So, yeah, it's like, what's doing too much? What's doing too little? We never know. But yeah. uh, you want to talk about West Brom? No? Yeah. Good? So um, we're going to talk about this West Brom game, and then uh, I think we're going to take an ad break and come back and discuss... Uh, a community discussion post, uh, which I've got the results for uh, from the last couple of days. So, yeah, well, West Brom. Um, well, their last game, they lost to Tottenham by one, which is, yeah. which is weird. Like, I don't know. That's kind of like, how Tottenham, you know, that's how yeah. they play. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they've been getting a lot of these really close wins. Um, was that a game where Gareth Bale scored? No, it was Harry Kane right at the end. Yes. yes. Yeah. But uh, before that, they lost to Fulham, who, you know, of the... Two worst teams in the Premier League right now. It's probably West Brom and Fulham. So I guess that's a positive sign. Um, and Eat yeah, each other with cold hot dogs, dude. Yeah, <laughs> this, I mean, this is a West Brom team that does not pick up points. I don't think they've won a game yet um, in the uh, Premier League. They have not. No, they have not. So <laughs> they've gotten a bunch of ties. Well, oh yeah. wow, and they lost. They lost the, the League Cup on penalties. That feels bad. Brentford, yeah. So I mean, oh. I don't I don't want to be too confident though because you know because we are also us. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you know we're only four spots above West Brom right now, so there's yeah. that too. But yeah, they this but is a very the defensive. Teams, team. These are the teams we have to beat. These are the teams that we always struggle against. Yeah, we you know. we do not play well against the low block, and this is a team that consistently plays five defenders. Yeah, which is gonna be. I feel like this is one of the things that always kind of struggled with is that when teams park the bus, we kind of have issues like opening them up. And I know that's like evident because they're parking the bus. But uh, I feel like this is one thing that Ollie's got to kind of get better at. And that's one of the reasons why, like, I don't know, like these defensive teams rip us apart. Like, I mean, it's weird because Tottenham didn't really need to be defensive in that game just because we played just just I mean, 
Harry Maguire just made like an awful error. Like I think as the as the captain, you can't let them take a free kick like that, you know, kind of thing. And it was like a momentum that got like out of hand. But I don't know. Like the teams that park the bus, I feel like we really struggle. And the teams that want to go at us, we can we can go because we, we can counter really quickly and all that. But all I need is to get better at uh, just like straight up smacking like these lower teams, especially the park the bus, because they're just gonna be sitting there all game. Yeah, I mean, that's why the run, you know, after the restart last season was so positive is because we were playing, you know, on paper, these weren't great teams, but these are the teams that we've struggled against, uh, especially under Ollie, because, you know, we were scoring five goals against Bournemouth. Uh, we came out, we scored three against Sheffield United, who were actually a very good defensive team and, last year. And towards the and end, it, we just became serial winners, dude. Like, yeah, I mean, we, we were just, Experts at breaking these teams down uh, by the end of the season. Yeah, it's just <laughs> God. Hopefully, we can do it again. Cause, dude, we gotta, we gotta, like, I mean, it the way that football works and the point system, like, it's it's obvious that we gotta start getting points, but like, we just gotta start getting points. Like, we just gotta give ourselves like a little bit of momentum. And I, because it's it's difficult, dude. Like, I. At our best, like, I don't even know if we make top four. Because, like, Leicester's looking pretty good. Tottenham's looking pretty good. Who knows if Liverpool will come back or if they're falter because of injury problems. Chelsea might actually finally show up. Aston Villas can put up crazy goals if you're not careful. Like, you know, I mean, and we, we, we City's in 10th and Arsenal's in 11th. Like, you know, it's just, it's very strange. Like, we need to be taking advantage of these. We can't take these for granted. Yeah, that's the thing. It's not just about how good we are. It's about finding good form and finding consistency. Yeah, and exactly. that's that's why, you know, we've been so I don't care about ugly iffy. wins <laughs> against these other teams because I mean, we should have beaten Chelsea because we dominated that game. We probably yeah. should have beaten Arsenal at the very least we should have gotten that nil-nil draw. I did. Them. That's the one I didn't get to watch. I didn't get to watch Arsenal. I know that's one I didn't yeah, get. It was not worth watching. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I heard and then I saw that it was like I was like, "Oh, we're really going to draw against Arsenal?" Okay. And then it was like on the one football app it was like it was like penalty and I was just like, God. Yeah. But I I think <laughs> I mean, if we're going to pick up momentum, it has to be now because we're getting in a situation where there's one pressure mounting on Ollie. So that's going to be the story week in and week out anyway. And it's so annoying. Yeah. I'm but so I'm, tired of the how are we at Ollie out already? How are we there already? Because I feel like the demeanor overall and this is very like just like relative it's or variable rather it's just like i just feel like the mood is like better than it was under jose like granted like a lot of people are and and i get i guess it's just like like man united fans being serial winners and i get that i guess i think it's just something that we don't have to accept and i know that that's why people are so mad about it but i don't think that replacing a manager every two years helps us and people are just like you know we 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 lose against Arsenal, all I out. You know, we lose against Istanbul, all I out. It's like, like, I, I get the frustration because it's not consistency, but like, I just feel like some people need to understand that like, all being in this role and changing this team the way he has, I want to say out of all the other managers, at least in my head, has made like the most progression, I feel like, to something that I feel like fits the manager, because like, like, okay, Jose had a lot of players, but there was a lot of players that he wanted that he didn't get. 
And I feel like Ollie's doing all right at that. And we're getting, a, we're getting players out. I think that that's like the biggest thing with him. So I think that like, I don't know. I also like this squad more than just about any of the other squads. Like if you put a best 11, well, I mean, with the exception of having Wayne back, you know, like I can't really think of another lineup in the last like 10 ish years or at least squad that I was like this happy with. Like I'm, I, I think our squad's all right. I mean, Injuries obviously hurt us, but I don't know. It's, it's it's consistency. We have to we have to win. We just have to win. Have swagger. I think the demeanor's just so shit right now, man. Against everybody. Yeah, and like like I was saying, you know, this is another period where we gotta start finding a run of form because the schedule is you know, a bit kinder to us than it was to start the season. I mean, not just playing West Brom, but we play Istanbul again for a midweek game before yeah. playing Southampton. You know, three teams that we're just actually... We literally play than. a midweek game in the next three weeks. Like, every week. Yeah, uh, and, you know, we just came out of a period like that in the international break yeah. with three games. So, yeah. And it's it doesn't stop either. <laughs> I, think uh, we, I think we have the, like okay depth though like i know a lot of people don't think so and i we're do in a think lot better need... position than other clubs are right now that's what i'm I saying mean, Luke I Shaw think... is the only big injury that we yeah, have yeah exactly like a lot of our player i think and this is why i said this is that i feel like the squad's in an all right spot because like we can go in midfield and you can pick like three or four different combinations of midfielders especially against like istanbul and west Brom, that we would probably be okay with you know like I mean, shit, he's been starting McTominay and Fred in big games, so why wouldn't he start Van de Beek against, like, West Brom, you know? Like, I don't I don't know if he's actually going to do that, you know, but, like, the depth is there. I, I, hopefully it'll stay, and hopefully our guys can stay healthy. It's just, that's what I'm worried about, is we have this depth and we have this advantage. We have, I agree with you 100%, we got to start building now, because if not, we, I mean, like, I mean, if we get unlucky, dude, and, like, Cavani gets hurt. I don't wish it on him, but like, you know, he's had an injury record. Like, we've got a really like weird front, not a weird front three, but our depth isn't still there. Like, we still don't have like, like we're gonna lose a Gallo. Like, that's gonna be. I'm worried about the striker position in our forwards because it's just a lot of games. Yeah, I think we might. I mean, Cavadi coming in obviously helps, and it's good that he got his first goal against Everton because yeah. uh, we're going to need him to find confidence. But I think, uh, you know, this is potentially something where we see Mason Greenwood in rotation at striker instead of right wing because right wing is not really working out that well for him. He's just not developing at that position. And Man, that's going to stay yeah. a position of need, but I do think that Ollie's going to have to start considering, you know, putting some of these youngsters in, uh, you know, police street came in yeah. and then, uh, we're going to get, uh, Ahmad Diallo, uh, in January. So we just got to last till then, man. Like, and yeah. I don't know. Police street is, I talked to you the other day. I think he's playing with U 23s. Or yeah, he's that, played we a couple about games this with them, and he's looked pretty good. Uh, so we don't he, know, we still don't know about the like switching teams thing. So I don't know how. Yeah, well, I don't know what the quarantine called up for. Is. I think two weeks. Uh, I think he would need a two two week period to prepare for first team duty. Um, but we should be okay. It's just actually playing well. That's all it is. 
Yeah, and I think Juan Mata, too, has, I mean, been one of our more consistent players this season, playing yes, kind of the right-wing role. He's, yes. I mean, I know he's slow, but he he's his creativity and his link-up with Bruno has been really positive for us. Yeah, I agree with that. I think in games where we use the diamond, if we can use the diamond, is actually, like, the best for Mata, because that, I forget what game we played it. I don't know if it's PSG or Leipzig. I'm not sure, but... We played a diamond and Mata looked like he had like good stamina throughout the whole game. I think like with a diamond, it really like it's more it's way more pass driven since we have more midfielders and it's not as much like like run down the wings. And don't get me wrong, like that's I love that, but I don't care as long as we win. I am okay with ugly wins. I just want to do it however we can do it, (laughs) you know, like. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure it was either of the Champions League games. Uh, he played in the 4-2-3-1 against uh, Newcastle though, and that was the one where he kind of stood out. Okay. Uh, oh. Okay. Yeah. 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 That's why I'm thinking Champions League because that was before the uh, PSG game. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think if he did come on though against. No, he didn't. Never mind. But yeah. I, yeah. I no. Think... No, he didn't. But, you know, if that's a position we're deep at, then I think that's kind of why Ollie's tried to use the diamond mm-hmm. a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I think uh, West Brom could be potentially a good game for Van de Beek to come in just because likely we will not have as many defensive priorities against them as we do against other teams. I think he could also use some confidence because, uh, uh, I mean, I he's been in the first team wherever he's played for a long ass time. I mean, with the exception of the Netherlands, but I mean like international squads constantly. I mean, he's first teamer there now though. I I mean, I mean, yeah, but yeah, yeah, but like from game to game, he won't be is all I meant. But, but anyways, like he's getting used to, I I don't know if it's like, I don't know. It would just be really good to have him start to score some goals and become more involved in play. Uh, Mm -hmm. him having confidence. I agree is is extremely important for us because he's so good. It's just that uh, finding his place and specific role in this team are pretty important. Bruno's playing really well lately. Yeah, we, yeah I think uh, a really positive from the Everton game was uh, that we discussed on the last episode of the podcast was the leaders were starting to step up in that game when they realized that Ollie's job was on the line. Which is not well, that, necessarily oh, something yeah. you saw under Jose Mourinho. Well, that's what I told you the other day, dude. Like, I want Bruno to have the armband, but he's a captain either way. Just the way that he commands the team, his passion, all that. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we are going to take a break now, and we will be back to discuss uh, the discussion post that we posted on the Busby Babe a few days ago after the ad break. So stay tuned. And we are back. Uh, so the discussion, uh, for part two is going to revolve around a discussion post that I put on the Busby Babe this week, asking readers to post their five most indispensable Manchester United players. So who in this current squad do you consider undroppable and unsellable? So somebody that needs to be part of this, uh, you know, rebuild throughout and, Um. uh, I've Some got one on here. Answer, but um, yeah. Sorry, sorry what? Yeah, yeah there. I, I mean, do you want to read? Do you want to read some first? Or you want me to give you mine first? 
yeah, so I think uh, we're gonna read a couple and then we're gonna okay, talk cool. about cool. talk about our top five. So, um, yeah, uh, this first one, uh, there are some joke ones on here too, but I'm just gonna skip those because. <laughs> yeah. Is it Phil Jones? Does someone have Phil Jones on our list? Is it like no. Phil Jones, Marcus Rojo, <laughs> Sergio somebody Romero? Just, yeah, somebody just came up. Uh, there, are, there's one that has Andrews Pereira on there. Um, so oh, we're not gonna right. talk yeah, about that one. That's a dude, right? Uh, so this first one, uh, Fred, Bruno, Martial, Rashford, and Maguire. Um, wow, that's really close to mine. Yeah, and I, I think that we're going to see Bruno and Rashford on pretty much everyone's. Yeah. Um, Marcus Rashford, obviously, is commitment to Manchester United, like, just the club is it something... It feels weird putting him buy. on that yeah. list. That's why I didn't put Greenwood on my list, because, like, I had Rashi, but it's like... Are we really gonna sell that guy? Hell no. Like, are we gonna sell Greenwood? Hell no. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, yeah, crazier things have happened, but like, I put Rashi on there just for like argument's sake. But like, like mm-hmm. Tony too. Like, there's some that just they're like no way. You know? Yeah, Martial is gonna, but. especially after last season. I mean, the two of these after last season, Martial and Rashford just grew a lot as attacking players. Oh, yeah. And carried the team through times, you know, <laughs> the pre-Bruno times of that season. Oh yeah. For sure. Um, but I, I think Fred is an interesting inclusion on this one that we might actually see a few times as well. Uh, he's also a player that's grown a lot and he brings a lot of, uh, this guy says, as energy, discipline, work rate, and pressing to the midfield, which was really needed at the start of the season. And, and Fred's got a chip on his shoulder, man. Like, I don't know yep. if he does as much anymore, but like before when he didn't start, like, and I don't know if it's like a bad juju with Brazilian players that come to United, you know, like we've talked about this before. And I really hope Fred's the guy that just said, screw all that, dude. Like, because I, I love Fred. I think I was really scared that we weren't going to keep him and he was going to be one of the players that got shipped out because I really think he's a really underrated player. And he's one of those players, I do think eventually he is like a squad player, like ultimately, but that doesn't that doesn't take away from his ability or character or drive. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I think that I think that Fred is a very important player for us, especially like coming off the bench as a sub. Like you got to think of the great Sir Alex teams. The subs were insane, and we've talked about that a million times. But I think that Fred's really important. I agree. Yeah. Uh, so this next one, who uh, actually ranked them in order? So number one is Bruno. Um, calls him the heart and soul of the team, and we'll go. We will go as far as he can take us, and that definitely seems to be the direction that the squad is moving. Uh, a million, Bruno Fernandez. A million percent. <laughs> yeah, I expect Bruno to be on everyone's, you know, five indispensable list. I and think you and I were talking before; he's probably number one for each of us, either number one or number two. Mm-hmm. I think uh, uh, he. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Um, I think it's really weird because when Ole wasn't manager and they asked him like, "What would you do with this squad?" I'd build the team around Paul Pogba. It just seems like he's kind of thrown that out the window, and he's like, "Bruno Fernandez, I love you." <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, and I mean, and then Pogba's you know. going through like weird injury periods and stupid interviews and international breaks. But what else is new? <laughs> you know, so I mean, yeah, I think I think that that's not something that helps him. But Bruno's definitely the guy. Yeah. And Bruno came in and was perfect for that role that was missing for Ali, that number 10 role. But it's kind of funny because that's the role that Pogba played when, you know, he was interim Ali. And when Pogba scored all those goals and got into the box all the time. Uh, and now, you know, he's needed at that pivot role. Uh, so that's where he's been playing. But he's still good there. Yeah. Uh, and we'll probably talk more a little bit, you know, in a second about why Pogba 
his inclusion on this list is a bit questionable. But um, yeah, so the the uh, the one that I was talking about, number one was Bruno, number two is Rashford, number three was Aaron Wambasaka. Uh, the, the uh, number yeah, four was that's Greenwood. true. And number five, he said, was a toss-up uh, between a bunch of different players. But yeah, Aaron Wambasaka, I think, is probably on mine as well. Oh, man, um, I just... That's a good one. And I want to rewrite yeah. my list for, for being different, <laughs> but that's a really good one. I should have put him on there. See, it's weird putting... Like I said, it's like weird putting Rashi and Tony and Greenwood on here, because it was just... I mean, if I don't think it's that weird putting Bruno on here, because he came like so recently, and everybody knows like that Bruno's got to be on that list, but... But yeah, that's a good yeah. one. Aaron Wabasaka is it. And he's been playing pretty damn well lately, too. Yeah, he's a lockdown defender. Um, and he's, you know, even issues going forward, he's kind of addressed a little bit in his game. But, mm-hmm. um, I mean, his for, his first job is defend, and he's great at that. So, uh, yeah, next one. Uh, number one, Rashford. Number two, Bruno. Number three, Greenwood. Uh, number four, Wambasaka, and number five, they put Van de Beek, um, which I thought was uh-huh. interesting because interesting. he hasn't really played a whole lot for us yet. But yeah, um, yeah, Mason Greenwood is kind of similar to reasons that people have given for Rashford uh, because you know he's young, he's from the academy, and his devotion to the badge is part of what makes him indispensable. And I. I really think that Mason Greenwood is on a good trajectory, but right now we're in a weird situation where he's not really going to be playing every week unless he gets better at right wing. Yeah. Um, Especially so. with the addition of Cavani. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's good for him because he's he can got learn from him. around him. Yeah, he can learn. And this is also competition, which is something that you want to drive players. So I think, I think part of the reason why like over when sir like when sir alex left is that we did start getting a lot of youth players but i think and this is just like a theory but like i think that like we just had so much youth and we didn't have a lot of like you know like older guys like we had some but i don't know I mean, it was good having young guys but yeah teaching te- like mark dude a- any way that mason can learn especially like from cavani who's i mean this is the first time in the premier league so he's He's seen so many other things from other leagues, so I think that that's fantastic because that like knowing things and how how other teams play is just indefinitely valuable. Yeah. All right. Um. So another one just said uh, no one is indispensable in a squad that's currently 14th in the Premier League table, and it is often a good bet to be completely fucking clueless on any given day. <laughs> so. I mean, they're not completely. Taking... <laughs> they're not completely wrong. Yeah. But like um, it, it sucks because in this day and age like we want such a quick turnover rate for everything. We're so used to be able to getting our information quick, our food quick, literally everything fast. So we like want quick solutions. It's just in football like especially these days it's just not that way, especially when you change managers every th- two or three years. So I I agree to an extent, but I mean, this is Manchester United, these are still our players, you know. Yeah. We gotta we gotta take ownership, you know. Even even some of the bad ones. Um. So this next one, uh, number one, they put Anthony Martial, and I think the reasoning is good for his discussion. Uh, They said, "Look what happened after he got sent off and missed the next three league games. Uh, We drew uh, blanks in two of those at home, 
Uh, and then a really good in point. Champions League tie, you know, he scored in Turkey, which was really big for us. He scored against uh, RB Leipzig, I think, as well. I do um, think Cavani not being was, in that stretch also, like, still, like, we don't really know what happened. It was, like, quarantining slash training slash whatever the hell he was doing. I don't know, but, like, yes, that also didn't was help. Was we, we literally um, had one striker playing. Like, yeah, he all was the great, quarantined all the green against was happening. Newcastle, I think. So he still wasn't available for uh, for that game. Uh, he wasn't available for the Tottenham game either. I think he signed that day. Um, and then he didn't play against PSG. I think that's just squad acclimation, though, uh, as to why after his quarantine finished, he wasn't able to join the squad. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think Ollie just wanted to take his time, and we kind of saw that with Alex Tellez as well. Um, yeah. He hasn't really played for us other than that PSG game. So. That sucks. And he was a monster in that game. First game coming in? I thought he was really yeah. good. But, I mean, for the first game. I don't, I'm don't. i not going to get too excited, but he did really well right. in the first game. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, the first one that that guy put was Martial. Uh, second was Bruno. Uh, third is Rashford. Uh, fourth, they put Axel Twanzebe. Um, <laughs> I, I debated putting him in my list. Yeah. It's just, it's it's weird when you have these guys, like, he's not playing every week. So, I in my right. brain, I can't really put him in that. Right, it's somebody you expect to keep growing, though, and keep getting yeah. better. Because he's um, good, dude. He's yeah. really good. As long as he can stay healthy, dude, like, that kid's got a great head on his shoulders. Like, he, 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 he just, every time he comes in, right, like, I feel like, and I hate this, but, like, he won't have a long period of playing, and then the next game he comes in, it's just like, he's kind of, like, not quiet, he just does his job. He just yeah, I mean, does he his was... job, like, that's. He wore the armband for Aston Villa in their promotion campaign. He was a crucial defender for that, you know, yeah. when he was on loan. They wanted him back, but we were like, yeah. hell no. Nah. <laughs> yeah, and he, he came back last season, and before he got injured, he played really well for us. And, you know, if his ceiling, like, if his ceiling stays at where, you know, how he played against PSG, it's a pretty damn good ceiling. Yeah. I think he's going to be a really good player for us. Oh, okay, he's not as tall as I thought. Not literal ceiling. <laughs> Oh yeah, I know. I was I was also just looking to like yeah. I'm, I'll never be able to keep up with like quarterback heights like you can, but I'm gonna try to <laughs> yeah. keep up with football player heights. Uh, yeah, he's only six foot. For some reason, he looks so much taller on screen. Yeah, he's pretty built too. So yeah, yeah, I mean, that's what it is. Um, so yeah, I think these other ones are pretty much around the same. Uh, yeah. So one of the joke ones they put Marcus Rojo, Phil Jones, Jesse Lingard, Sergio Romero. Damn and it. I really wish you wouldn't have said anything. I made a second list and it's literally all of those guys. <laughs> it's literally Rojo, Lingard, Pereira, Grant Jones. I mean, I, I don't have anything against Grant cause he doesn't play ever and really nothing against yeah. Sergio Romero. Cause he's been a good servant of the club. I think it's kind of, I actually think it's pretty fucked up. The club didn't get him out, dude, because like, to, I mean, they. It's, it's weird, but like, I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, Aston Villa was... wanted him at one point, and then Everton made a bid on deadline day, and we refused. So, but you know, which I I agree. I don't think we should make a deal just to make a deal, but that would free up wages, and also like yeah. Romero gets to play. Like the dude wants to play. He's been a servant of the club, and he's he's done dec- he's done like decently well. He's been a good backup. I just feel like it's kind of messed up the way that he's being treated. He's not going to see a bench spot yeah. all season. I think maybe, if it maybe was in Champions League, like bench, yeah, it's like in well, he's symbol, not in our maybe. Champions League squad, so he was excluded oh, from 
Really? See, this is how out of, this is how out of everything I am right now. I gotta catch back up. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's crazy. Even more reason, dude. Even more reason. Rest my case. Yeah, I think Ollie just didn't want to sell him to a Premier League club because he's kind of anti-helping anyone. You know, Did you know that Twin Zebi was born in the Congo? Sorry, it's really random, but I didn't know that. No. Interesting fact. Sorry. Anyways, go go back. <laughs> yeah. So uh, our top five list. Um, do you want to go first? Uh, sure. Um, so a couple of these, like I, I like I really thought hard about Twin Zebi, and I really thought hard about just making like a youth list because like there's a bunch of youth players that I think are really important that we keep as well. Um, but people, not everybody's as familiar with those, so we'll just go to the starting eleven. I've got Fred, Tony. I'm kind of frustrated that nobody has had De Gea. I feel like De Gea is a player that gets forgot about because he's a keeper. But yeah, De Gea was on a list that I didn't read. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry okay, about that. No, that's fine. That's no, fine. But I mean, uh, I mean, I get it. You know, like when you when you think about players that you gotta keep, it's it's you're thinking of the outfield players. But uh, and I, and I don't really like my number one, like the the exact ranking, like like I. Arguably, you could put De Gea up there with being the most important player with form, you know, like. But so Fred, Tony, De Gea, Rashi, and then Bruno. You know, I had to have Bruno at number one. <laughs> I had to. I he's just too damn important. Uh, Rashi is just man. This is the kind of guy you want around your club. He like he is just a incredible individual like caring about his community giving back you need guys like this is something that maybe people don't think about or really talk about all that often but you do need guys like this to have character because otherwise kids will do dumb shit like mason greenwood that did some dumb shit over international break and that's he's a kid i'm not worried about that but having rashford being a role model and the face of manchester united in like not a great time it's just incredible what rash has done especially just like like i said for his community and and it's just it's it's crazy dude i i absolutely love the guy like athletes don't yeah do i mean enough, I, you know like i i really try to take into account like juan mata like i try to talk about juan mata's foundation he's got a lot of really great players that donate like a one percent of their salary i think to uh I think it's like a football charity. I think it's like it might just be a regular charity. I'm not sure, but these it's important, you know. Like it's it's great to have good people that you can root for because, like, let's be real. I'm not a Liverpool fan, but if I was, I'd have huge issues with Suarez and all that stuff that happened with, you know, uh, Evra all those years ago. You know, like these yeah. things and, and football suck, and it's. It's great that we have these shining lights in our lives to make things better and still push for like a better world, especially in the turmoil that is our world today. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I, I think yeah, I didn't number mine, but I think Rashford would be my number one, even it's, over Bruno. It, just it, it's because hard. It's hard. Yeah, I factor because in, you know, that the, this club means more to him than I think anyone it means to anyone else in the squad, 100%. just personally. That's why I said I didn't, like, yeah. I didn't like like one through five. I didn't like the ranking, but because Rash has been my favorite player, he's been like the one like I've just been rooting, rooting, rooting for him so hard over the years, and like I watched him grow, you know, like 
I still remember the the when he crossed Alexander Arnold up against Liverpool a couple of years yeah. ago, dude. I remember watching that and I'm just like, oh man, oh god. But anyways, I'll talk about the other guys. De Gea, like De Gea's had a rough go at it for a little bit. For me, on his day, still the best goalkeeper in the world. On his day and in form, you can argue. You can argue goalkeeper shit all day, but oh well, really for like an hour because you're gonna run out of shit because it's goalkeepers. But not actually a day. But Tony, uh, it's just you. You. It's hard to talk about these guys again because you you really did it well. But uh, but yeah, I mean, Tony's playing fantastic. Like I feel like if you don't have Tony Rashi and uh, Bruno in that list, it's it's a little strange because like they they especially now because like that that run of games was so kind of fresh in our brains, right? So, like, you got to have those guys in that list. They're just, they're too important. Um, but I yeah. think Fred was my, I kind of wanted to go with, like, one, like, underrated pick, I think. I think that not necessarily start every game, and I'm fine with that, but he is a very important player. Just like I think that we should have kept Ander Herrera. Our best case scenario, I don't think Ander Herrera is a starter, but... We have Andrew Herrera on the bench. That's a good team. You know what I'm saying? And same thing with Fred. Um, he's tenacious on the ball. He gives energy. His his tackling is actually like he's really like he's really scrappy of a guy. Like he he doesn't care if someone's bigger than him. He'll find a way to get the ball out. He just uses his body like really well. And he's he's not a tall guy, you know, but. For the Premier League and for us, I think he's I think he's really great and he's a really important player that I think isn't as thought to be as important as like squad players are important. I know nobody thinks of things that way, but squad players are important. That's my five. Though. Yeah. Yeah. So um, ours is pretty similar. Uh, I think the first two names I put down were you know I talked about Rashford already mm. and the reasons why. Doctor Rashford, put some respect yeah. on his name, Tom. Dr. Marcus Rashford. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I pit him and Anthony Martial. And I think a lot of the reasoning behind that was because it seems like, for me at least, this rebuild mostly started in 2016. Um, that season mm-hmm. where we went on the FA Cup run. And that that's not just the season where you started seeing a little bit more squad turnover from you know the leftovers of the Ferguson and Moyes era. But you kind of saw that the direction, even if it wasn't what was happening at that time. I always forget about the direction, <laughs> you know, was starting to revolve around those two players. You know, those two players were so crucial for us getting yeah. to the FA Cup, and, you know, winning yeah. the damn thing. Yeah. And the, well, they shit, were Jesse Lingard was important back then, dude. Yeah. But I mean, at that point, you know, he was 25 years old and yeah. Rashford was 28. And or no, he wasn't 28. He I was, was like, 18. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, and, uh, Martial was 19, and yeah. Martial was our top scorer that season. And you know, we went through this period with Jose Mourinho where they were both, you know, in and out of the squad, but they were still, whenever they played, they were good and they were important. And Solskjaer came in and he made it about those two players last season because, all, you know, one because he kind of had to with injuries and moving everyone else out, but their partnership has grown a lot uh, in the past four or five seasons. And, and you can see the last couple of games, the way they just like nick yeah, the ball to each other. It's just, they, just it, they make it look like child's it, play, dude. It just works for them. Yeah. yeah. You know, and you know, we all 
want them to be the next Rooney and Ronaldo, but it takes time to build that. And I think that Ollie taking that time and giving them that responsibility has paid off. So for, mm-hmm. for me, those are my first two names down. Uh, next is Bruno, obviously for, you know, reasons we've discussed. And he's just become a vocal leader in midfield and up the pitch, which we've desperately needed for a long time now. Um, and the feistiness that he has too, you know, he's got a little bit of edge to his game. Just and we, like one of the biggest him. breaths of fresh air that we've had in this squad yeah. in the last 10 years, dude. Just as far as consistency goes. And don't get, and I'm, I'm super hype about it because like, as soon as the Bruno stuff started coming out, like I did like, you know, staying up to four in the morning, just all of the research, just you know, <laughs> like on him. And it's so great to see him come. And like a lot of people were like, well, he played in Portugal, you know, he'll, he might be okay. Um, <clears throat> Colin. And, uh, yeah. you know what, dude? Guys played out of his mind. He's, but, but yeah. the weird thing is, is that, he hasn't done anything that we didn't think that he w- wouldn't do. I don't know if I used too many negatives there. You know what I mean? I, the, I, <laughs> well, we got, we got the Bruno. We got the player that we thought we were going to get. And we're just excited about the consistency that he's got. It's just, he's just great, yeah, man. But it, I love the guy. It's more than that because I, I don't know if any of us expected him to be as big of a leader this quickly as. I, yeah, I agree with know, that. I knew he was in. a leader I mean, and I just, knew he's passionate, but for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then my next two, uh, the fourth is Aaron Wamasaka. I think that's a good one. Uh, I'm glad we have different lists though. Yeah. He's just a great piece player who came in and instantly fixed an entire side of our defense to the point that it put more pressure on Luke Shaw because everyone realized they couldn't go down our right hand side anymore. Yeah. Dude, dude, the guy is insane. Just like the tackles he makes. He still amazes me. Like I've seen him do this a million times and I'm like, Oh, yeah, okay. No, I, I mean, it's weird because I'm not used to being able to count on, like, that many tackles. Like, the dude is just, he's just a freaking machine, dude. Yeah. Like, the, like, the tackles are so clean. That's the thing that, and don't get me wrong, like, every once in a while, sure, like, he'll get a call against him, but that's because the ref was dumb. <laughs> it's not even because he didn't, he got some leg, yeah, it, you know? It like, it's just because, yeah. Saying- to make some of these tackles it, it looks like it's a foul but actually he, he is just that he times it so well and he's got this length that just seems yeah. unnatural yeah to, his I legs mean, are like deceptively long yeah, yeah. and yeah. It, it makes him quicker than he looks as well because oh, yeah. his, his close down speed is insane i probably made this comparison to his game at one point where he was like a defensive back who uses the touchline really well as mm-hmm. you know part of his strategy he really but does i think just in general, he's like a corner. He's like a superstar cornerback uh, for us. Yes. You know, it's it's not a position that you constantly think about as being important. But I mean, people can argue me, dude. But he's the best. He's the best right back in New yeah. York, dude. Yeah, it, best right back in Europe. Yeah, defensively, he is the best right back in, in the world. Yes, to me. I agree. Alexander Arnold is. Yeah. Okay, I can go with that. <laughs> but but yeah, and, dude. I, uh, there's some tackles I just watch him and I'm like, oh man, that's gonna be a foul. And it's it's just not. It's just yeah. the dude's magic, dude. I don't know how he does it. Yeah, that's a good one. Is it, it's like uh, you know, Revis Island over there. God, I um so long. God, why'd you make a uh, Jets reference? That's when Revis right. was ah. Okay, take right. this. Aaron Wambasak is like Tredavious White. How about that? Ah, oh, that's so much better. 
Mm-hmm. And listeners, sorry for making an American sports reference, but, you know, it happens. Um, and then my <laughs> fifth player is a player that I knew you wouldn't have, uh, but it's Harry Maguire. And it, it's, it's not because he's the captain, and, but it's, it's because he's a player who came in and instantly made our defense better. You know, the 80 million pound price tag is always going to hang over his head and it's always going to be a talk. Yeah. But if you look at the way that he's impacted our defense, it got undeniably better and it, it made other players better as well. I think he and Lindelof are a partnership that, you know, there I have been big yeah. errors that stick out at times and they stick on people's minds. But for mm-hmm. the most part, you know, our goals conceded went down by 16 to 18 goals. I think it was something in that range yeah. uh, in the Premier League last season. And for a while, despite not having Paul Pogba and having a really inept midfield, our defense was very good and was very disciplined. Yeah. And part of that is, you know, how good Harry Maguire is at keeping things organized at the back. I think there are def- definitely some questions about him being captain because of, you know, at times he's not as vocal as Bruno is. But it's not even Greece, dude. Not, that shit doesn't also, bother me. Yeah. No, that. Yeah. I wasn't going to even that mention that. Me. But like. You know, Harry Maguire doesn't get up as... He's not covering as much of the pitch as Bruno is. So, to me, it makes sense that Bruno is the one who's, you know, arguing in the rest face for every play. Just, like, logistically, even. Like, yeah. I, I completely agree. Yeah. I, I just... The Sevilla non-clear in my head just sticks in my head, Colin. And, like, Harry Maguire not stopping the ball. And, it, to be yeah, honest, I, am I yeah, mad at Harry I've, Maguire if he's not the captain? Probably not as bad, if I'm being honest. Like, I, but I because he is the captain yeah. for like those games down the stretch and even, you know, the Chelsea game, the mistakes in that one as well. I'm going to cut him a little bit of slack just because a literal calendar year had passed before, mm-hmm. you, you know, between the start of that season and then the ending games of that season. And he played. So dude, dude's just tired. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, I agree. I don't disagree at all with your point. I just like. Yeah, I think I I've really boiled it down. I think that my biggest issue is that he is captain. I th- I don't think it. I think if he's not captain and makes those mistakes, I'm still mad at him, but I'm nowhere near as mad at him. I think. I do think though that that speaks a little bit to his impact, at least in the eyes of Solskjaer, because he was a player who came in and wasn't just a band aid, but he, you know, yeah. marked himself as a permanent solution from day one. You know, he yeah. was he was really good from day one against Chelsea to mm-hmm. to now. And, you know, I do think he needs a better partner. We don't see, you know, he sees McGuire yeah. in training. 100%. He sees McGuire in the locker room. So yeah. I, I, you know, I think and all that and maybe he is leading in the locker room and on the pitch or on the on the training pitch. I don't know. Maybe that's why he's captain. I, I, I don't know. I, I do think and I'm going to I'm going to side with you a little bit. So I'm not just, you know, just gloom and doom the entire conversation about Harry Maguire but I do think that him having I think Harry Maguire is good for what he is and that is a big guy he's he is very good in the air I'd still I'd still like to see some more goals from him but that will come a time but I do think he needs some speed to help him in the back is that sometimes I feel like and that might not be on Maguire maybe like that might be the way he was used to playing. I, I really don't know. But I think that somebody that's quicker in the back... And I actually like Lindelof. I think that Lindelof's been a pretty decent player for us. I don't think a lot of people really give him credit. But, like, I think that Lindelof has been aggressively average. 
maybe even like a little better. But I just think that if somebody has speed, and maybe Twin Zebby's the answer, dude, uh, is that if if Harry Maguire can play up, and I think that's another reason why he hasn't been getting goals, is that he's not as free. Because he, he, li- he does really like to get forward, which I'm okay with. But that speed, something, or somebody that will be able to sprint back. Like, Baye's fast. He's just not good. Like, we thought he was going to be all right, but he's just... And he gets hurt all the time. Yeah, but like we we just need a we just need a really good partner for him. I I to defend Harry Maguire, I don't think that he has been helped out as far as like partners go. It'd be cool if we get get like Upacampo, the guy from Leipzig. I'm not gonna (laughs) say it. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) because he's 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 pretty quick on the ball. But I do think that if if we're gonna see the best of Harry Maguire, to be completely fair, I do not think that we have seen the best of Harry Maguire just because. He's got to do a lot. Like him and Lindelof play basically like the same kind of center back. It's not like when Rio and Vidic, like they were good, but they were, and, and they were good at a lot of the same things because they're center backs, obviously, but like they, they, they knew each other. They knew what each other was going to do and what need, what needed to be done. And yeah, that, that's just, I think that that'll, that'll be something that comes with time too. Yeah, um, I agree. I agree with that. And I, I really want to root for the guy. He's a United player. I'm not going to, I don't wish him badly. You know what I mean? Like I was actually yeah. on his side with all the grease stuff. Cause I thought it was, thought it was dumb. And I, I read a bunch of like Greek laws that just sounded kind of crazy that they yeah, tried to I mean, get him with, but you know, he was transparent from the start that this isn't what happened. And yeah, you know, it, he gave his side of the story and he stuck to that. Whereas, you know, the other side, the well, accusations against him have been very, stick, so. yeah, strange and inconsistent and out of character. So, yeah, yeah, that's that was really weird uh, that they tried to get because Harry Maguire's kind of a, like a quiet, nice dude. <laughs> like I imagine, you know, like like that's a yeah, that's a really I, weird thing to try to pin on that guy. Like if it was somebody that like partied, to be honest, like they 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 would have had more success with trying to get Pogba on a story like that than Harry Maguire, like. Like nah, I, nah. I I do wish well for him. That I'm glad that we also had different lists so we could talk about it. But yeah, I root for him. Good, I want him to do well. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. so I think good for us. Um. So we'll be back sometime next week to discuss the West Brom game, and I'm not sure if we're gonna be able to fit an episode in between that and the Champions League game. But uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I'm not actually uh, sure. Because next week is my, week for us as well. So. Yeah, I'm not sure what my schedule will be. Um, golly, dude, two days ago was November 1st, I swear. Um, <laughs> hey, but I'll take it. Get 2020 the fuck out of here, dude. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Um, everybody, please stay safe and everything. Uh, there's like, I don't know where everybody is in the world, but uh, my buddy that lives uh, close to Portland, they actually just closed down restaurants again for a whole nother month. So I know. And in Georgia, which is closer to me is had its like highest, uh, percentage increase that they had ever had even compared to the first wave. So there's a lot of crazy shit going on. Don't be stupid. Wear a mask. Like if you go out in public, you know, even if you're not doing it for you, do it for someone else. But Hey man, it's good to be back. Daddy's home. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and uh hopefully we will get it. I appreciate that, it, dude. yeah yeah hopefully we'll get that dub uh to celebrate god dude i really hope uh, so they're west brom dude 
<laughs> and then we'll probably yeah. end up talking about Istanbul too. But I'll let you know. I definitely want to uh, try to do more. It's just been 2020 has just been uh, absolutely insane for me. Um, yeah. But I uh, I appreciate you guys, and you guys have uh, helped me. And it, it killed me not being on here. It's so good to be back. I, I really hated not being able to be here. Like, even even if United doesn't, you know, like really do well, like the United fandom is more than just you know our results. Sometimes you know, like we're all like here for each other. And I I got out of like paying attention to everything Manchester United for a little bit, and I just needed to come back. And it's like it's just it's healing, man. It's fantastic. Yeah. Love it. It is. Thank you so much. A lot better though when we do win. Oh yeah, a thousand percent. <laughs> I'm really glad I didn't get to watch that Arsenal game because I would have been so mad. <laughs> yeah, it but, was not great. But yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, I've been Colin. I've been Matt. See you guys. How Peterson. <laughs>